Welcome back to Awakened Exchanges. I'm your host, Jay Rich, and this is our extra special Thanksgiving Day episode. This whole month, we were focused on people who care for others, people that can show us how to be grateful all year round. There's been a little change to this episode, but more on that in just a minute. First off, I want to tease our holiday episodes that I just can't wait for. Just this past weekend, I recorded the first of these episodes with Nick Hinton himself. If the name sounds familiar, that's probably because you know him as The Conspiracy Guy on Twitter. He's about to publish his second book, and we talked about some very provocative theories on Saturn and our perception of the universe. That episode will air next week on December 3rd, and it was an immensely fun conversation with a very interesting individual. I can't overstate how excited I am for him and our other December guests. If everything goes as planned, we should have a hive mind Christmas Eve with a former member of the Borg themselves. Stay tuned for more info. I really wish that we could stop talking about COVID, but we had nearly 200,000 cases on Friday the 20th alone. We racked up a million new cases in six days last week, and this is all coming down as the nation prepares to close up shop and travel to their families for Thanksgiving. This could be the mother of all super spreader events and could overwhelm hospitals for the rest of the holiday season. I hope that we're able to control ourselves and limit any risky travel this week. Personally, I'll be having a virtual Thanksgiving because, although I'm still symptom-free, I'm still in my two-week quarantine as well. My housemate's brush with COVID may have changed my holiday plans, but that doesn't mean that I won't be seeing my family. I know it's not the same as being able to break bread together or share some of the comfort food meals that we all want, but it's better than putting my high-risk parents at even higher risk. I'm truly looking forward to the day we have this pandemic under control and that I can actually give my parents a hug for the first time and what will probably be over a year at that point. We've all endured a lot of hardships throughout 2020, not to mention the animosity stirred up by one of the most divided election seasons in history. But now is the time to come back together. We need to remember the fundamental truth that if we all did unto others what we would have them do unto us, then everyone would be loved and cared for. This is the time of year when everyone needs extra love and support, when even the best of us can get down at times. Taking a little extra time out of your day to give someone a kind word can be enough to change someone's outlook indefinitely. You never know when the seeds you plant will come to fruition, but the largest oaks still come from those tiny seeds. Take some time this season and plant some seeds of hope for others in need. As for my interview this week, I had finally teased that I would be speaking to Ayana DaCosta, the Director of Development for Vehicles for Change, on last week's intro. I'd been holding off teasing that because our timing kept getting delayed, but I was fairly certain it was going to work out by then. Of course, as soon as that went live, I found out my plans were going to change. <laughs> I ended up speaking with Simone Baptiste, the Director of Communications for Vehicles for Change instead, and it was a very pleasant surprise. I was a bit worried with the last-minute change, mostly because my perfectionist tendencies seem to always tell me I'm going to mess something up. But we had a wonderful conversation about a fascinating company that is making a real difference in people's lives. Vehicles for Change's mission is to help end generational poverty, and they do that not just through car donations, but also by giving training and second chances to formerly incarcerated individuals. I hope you find this conversation as captivating as I did, and maybe even motivating enough to get out there and help give back yourself this holiday season. Before we get to the interview, here's a brief rundown of our sponsors. As always, 
First and foremost, I want to thank all of you personally for your support. Just listening and sharing this podcast with your friends gives me reason to keep striving to provide the best content that I can. If you have the means and would like to contribute personally, please don't forget about our Patreon page, where you will get access to exclusive content and deals just for our dedicated fans. There are already two bonus videos available there, and I'm hoping to add another this week if all goes as planned. As for the other sponsors, Awaken Vapes was the first of the Awaken brands and has been helping you modulate your high with CBD-only high-terpene vape products since 2019. Genesis Farms has been making the highest quality medicinal RSO among many other amazing products, starting with the medical community back before 2010. And last but not least, the Caramel Corn Company, bringing you caramel corn the way it was meant to be. And remember, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Also, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I know that every podcast says it, but that's because it really does help spread the word. You can also support us on Patreon or connect with us on the social media of your choice. We are at Awakened Exchanges on Facebook and Instagram and at Awaken Exchanges on Twitter. All right now, stay tuned and thank you for listening to Awakened Exchanges. Genesis Farms was founded on the belief in cannabis' ability to heal. Genesis Farms is more than a brand. They're a compassionate community of like-minded folks that generate top-quality cannabis products made with love and care. Community outreach is always on their mind, and their partnerships with Grow for Vets and Parents for Pot was just a beginning to what they hope to accomplish in the coming years. You can find their products on the best dispensary shelves across the state of Oregon, Their RSO is the most consistent quality in the state, their tinctures are second to none, and their personal massage oil will have you and your partner both coming back for more. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, and ask for them in your local dispensary today. Don't forget to listen to Sean's interview right here on Awakened Exchanges soon. Our new sponsor is the Caramel Corn Company. Caramel Corn the way it was meant to be. Made from premium ingredients in small, handcrafted batches, and completely gluten-free. The flavors include original, roasted cashew, salted almond, mixed nut, white morsel macadamia, spicy sriracha, peanut butter, butterscotch, and my personal favorites, raspberry caramel apple and chocolate drizzle. I can't say enough how delicious this caramel corn is. I wouldn't buy it from any other source. You can find Caramel Corn Company products for sale at Portland Area Market of Choice locations, and when it gets stocked back up, maybe it'll be online again. Visit www.caramelcorncompany.com and get more information today. Remember, buying local supports small businesses and keeps your money building your community. Last but not least... Awakened Vapes has been bringing you some of the highest quality CBD vape pens since ringing in the new year of 2019. I became passionate about cannabis after a car wreck left me with major migraines and no modern medical pills helped alleviate the symptoms. After having tried cannabis a handful of times in high school and college, it was actually a doctor's recommendation that led me to give it another try. Only then did I realize that we'd all been 
at least a little misled about the health benefits of this amazing plant. And uh, despite an unexpected break because of the vape ban and then a global health crisis, the business is stronger than ever, and we invite you to check out our updated website today. We are still offering our three varieties with new and improved terpene formulations for enhanced flavor to go along with that custom blended terpene effect. Check back at www.awakenvapes.com and be the first online orders of our high-demand Delta 8 cartridges coming in stock here soon. Use the coupon code PODCAST20 at checkout all this month for 20% off your entire order. That's PODCAST20 for 20% off. Welcome to Awakened Exchanges. For those in our audience who are a little unfamiliar with you, why don't you tell us your name and a little bit about what you do? Sure. My name is Simone Batiste. I am calling from, well, I am from Vehicles for Change, and I am the Director of Communications for the nonprofit organization. And how did you first get involved with Vehicles for Change? Ah, that's an interesting story. I often say I am the victim of the economy. I uh, lost my job in 1998 with along so many other people. And um, I'm a native New Yorker, so I had to head back to New York. Uh, New York, Baltimore, New York. That was my uh, trajectory. <laughs> um, but in going back to New York, I had um, a friend at the time that worked at Vehicles for Change. She was a donations coordinator, and she had gotten promoted. And she said, hey, Simone, you know, we have this part-time position, started off part-time. Would you be willing to do it? Yes. Me as a, as a 40-something-year-old, would I no longer want to live in my parents' home and come down for a job? Yes. Yes, I would definitely <laughs> do that. <laughs> so um, in accepting the position, I started off part-time doing donations for vehicles for change. And within five short years or long years, depending on the day, <laughs> I am became the director of communications. And how long have you been the director of communications? Uh, only about uh, a year. I've wow. only been the director of communications for a year. Uh, prior to that, I was the donations coordinator. So I was donations coordinator for about uh, two or four years. And uh, yeah. what does uh, your job entail um, right now? Oh, right now it entails promoting the organization, really getting us out there. Right now, our main focus as we're getting ready to come to the end of the year is our end of year. So we're doing a push. Our goal is 50000 to end the end of the year. And so right now we're just pushing a lot of the end of year programs to get more donations, vehicles, and monetarily. And so my job is to promote the different aspects of vehicle for change. So we're made up of three factors. We take donated cars and we award them to working families. Then we also have a program called the Full Circle Training Program, where we take formerly incarcerated men and women and we train them to work on those cars, train them to become mechanics. And then we also, the awarding of the vehicles. <laughs> so for the families that are in need of the vehicles, we award the, the cars to them. So those are the different factors. And just promoting the, of the vehicles for change out there, letting people know what we do. And uh, what avenues do you normally pursue when you're promoting the, 
the funding and everything? Well, right now, again, if we do a lot of social media, especially the fact that right now a lot of networking events and so forth are, well, null and void and they're very <laughs> virtual. Yes. So, right, yeah, yeah, so a lot of those. So the way that we really pursue and push promoting the, the vehicles for changes our social media, our Facebook, our Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, things of that nature. And we just recently had a virtual car show. Oh, nice. And yeah, so it was a virtual car show. And in it, because last year we we used that car show as the fundraiser. But this year, of course, with everything going on, you can't have 200 people in a space. <laughs> so, you know, those things are frowned upon right now. Yeah, so I suppose. We had, yeah. So we had an event. It was called Custom Cars, Cocktails, and Change. And what we did is we videotaped different cars, different muscle cars, antique cars, classic cars. And we did a video. We did an auction. And um, even for our VIP members, we delivered crab cake and wine to their homes. So it was just a full event. It lasted about an hour and a half, but we got just such excellent feedback. I definitely will share the video with you. Please, but um, yeah, yeah, definitely. But uh, that's how we kicked off our end of year giving uh, to to do the um, fundraisers, the custom cars. So it was really exciting. It was it was interesting getting to this point, but it was very fun. Let's just say that at the end result, you, you know, everybody was alive. You know, that's always you a know, good so. bonus. Yes. <laughs> so um, I know the you have the three prongs of vehicles for change. What uh, is vehicle for change's actual mission? What are you trying to accomplish? The, the end of generational poverty. That is mm. our top, yeah, to end generational poverty. A lot of people do not realize what a car can mean to someone's income. And what that means is a lot of times people make decisions, especially if you're a single parent, whether that be a mother or a father. But when you're a single parent with multiple children, you have to decide on where you're going to work. If you do not have a vehicle, you have to look at transportation. Does the bus or the train go out to that location? What time do they stop running? How often do they run? Am I able to get to work after dropping my kids off to school to make it to that location when my shift starts or whatever time I need to get? And then am I able to make it back in time? to pick up my children, to take them to the daycare, wherever they need to go. So a lot of times people are stuck in poverty because they can't accept that job or that place because of where the location is. So our desire is to, um, to start chipping away at that big, massive rock that is generational poverty. Some generations know nothing but financial hardships. And sometimes just a vehicle to allow someone to get to another county or another state can open up so many more opportunities and so much more doors. So that's that's our goal. Well, I definitely know that since uh, World War II, there was such a big impact with... Um 
white families, sorry, in, in particular, mm-hmm. who were able to mm-hmm. pass their homes and cars, all that money that they were saving mm-hmm. onto their children. But because of the areas and the, uh, the lack of opportunity for um, any color families to be able to mm-hmm. do the same thing, there, there was just such a large separation that we forget that the poverty is actually generational and not just that somebody can't get up off their own feet right then. Right. And that's what we, we do for, you know, black families, Hispanic families, white families. It's not, we look, we talk about, it's not a hand out. It's a hand up. I like that. Because yeah, it's, it's a hand up because it's again with the vehicles that we provide to the families there, it's a very low cost. They are guaranteed a loan. If they're in the program, a low interest loan of approximately uh, 2.9%. And that's, again, so you can start to build up that credit. When you learn financial education to pay on time and so forth, it's going to build up your credit. And um, we just recently had a young lady who we we'd awarded a vehicle to and now she's in a better space. She's getting a new car. She's turning around and awarding that and giving and donating that car back to us. That's incredible. I love that. People yes. keep helping others. That's the way it should be. Right. Especially during this time. Absolutely. Especially during this time. Um, we're seeing a lot in people. And I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in it doesn't take a person or a situation to bring out what's in a person. Within a person will come out in those situations. That's who they really were. But it's it, what we want to do is see those good things that are coming out in people. Also, there are people that are uh, donating food. There are people donating cars. There are people um, uh, feeding families right now. That's what we need to see in here. Well, uh, I, I'm so glad that there are people still dedicated to getting that message out there, and even during these hard times, still making a difference. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's not an easy thing to do when a lot of people, a lot of industries, if you look at a lot of industries that you never thought would be affected by this, it's being affected. So everyone's on pins and needles because, you know, their industry may be the next one hit, you know. So Absolutely. the fact that people are still willing to sacrifice during this time does say a lot about people. <laughs> yeah. uh, so how does uh, Vehicles for Change go about awarding cars? Well, what we do is we work with different social service agencies in our area. So we service those in Maryland and Virginia. So we work with the different social service agencies. It is a referral program. So with that being the case, the agencies would refer a client to us, someone that's in need, someone that they, they believe is it is really able to make the payments and so forth. And um, so that's, and then we take the donated cars, those that are, are being are able to be given to a family. We do have a high criteria. So it's not like we just take any cars and say, here, we're very mindful of the cars that we put our families in because we desire for our families to hold on to them for approximately two years. And we know anyone that's already financially challenged, a car could become a pain in the neck. So, uh, the criteria that we have for the vehicle is they have to be 150,000 miles or less, 15 years or younger. We don't award luxury vehicles because we understand the maintenance on those are just going to be 
astronomical. One repair bill could break somebody. Oh, yes. And it's funny, you you know, they're like, well, can do you award Lexus? And so, yeah, you don't want that when it's time for you to fix it. <laughs> it looks good. It's look good when it's time for you to drive around to fix it. Yeah, you're going to be looking to uh, blow up vehicles to change. But, um, so that's how we go about doing that. And then we take a look at the vehicle and the recipient and the size of their family, and we match them up together that way. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about how the vehicles actually impact the family's lives? Oh, definitely. It it changes their it changes their lives, and it's not just about the job wise. Also, health wise, you have parents that are now able to take their children to doctor's appointments. You have parents and families that are able to go to better grocery stores to get better food or to get food that um, match up with their pockets. And the biggest, the biggest effect that it has on families is they're able to spend quality time together. There are some people that have never, not just been out of Baltimore, because we're located in um, the Baltimore, Maryland area. But you have some people that have not been able to leave out of the, let's say, the east side of Baltimore. They've never, they've lived their whole life in one portion of Baltimore, all because of the lack of a vehicle. You have some people that have never left Maryland. We we oftentimes talk to our recipients to say, what would you, what is one of the first things you would do? A lot of them say, go on vacation out of state. Some people have never left Maryland. Man. They've never left Maryland. And you're you you're located near so many other, you know, vacation kind of spots up there, even just going to DC for, you know, all the museums right. and such. Right. Going to DC, but then you gotta think about if you have children mm. to take them out there. Some of these again, some of these things we don't think about when you when when you have a vehicle or you don't have the children or so forth. But imagine taking around a child and they're in a stroller or maybe you have two small kids. You got to take them around D.C. in a stroller. You got to get on the the, tra- the Mark train. It's it, it's a headache that financially it, it, you're just like, look, you know what? Let's stay here and make our own fun. But <laughs> when you can pa- when you can pack up that car and, you know, the kids screaming, are we there yet? And you could just hand them gummy bears. <laughs> it's a it's a little bit better. And like you said, D.C., Virginia, you, you could go straight up. Pennsylvania is not that far from us. Just yeah. 83 is about, just about maybe approximately um, about 15 minutes one way, two hours if you're going to Philadelphia. So, wow. again, the impact that a car has on a family. And like I said, not that just the other stuff, but just the quality time. And then when you can take children out of their surroundings, because some of the children are not in the best surroundings, when you can take them out of those elements and they can see that there are other things out there, they'll aspire to get to those other things. They'll say, how do I... If they, if you take them out to Hershey Park, you know, mm. they see how chocolate is made. They become interested in science. They may be interested in becoming a chef. You don't know what taking someone to an, another environment, especially a child, what that can open up. And that is, that is the beauty of just a vehicle. 
And when we put these families in a car, what's so awesome, Jay, I'm sorry, what's so awesome is when they look at these cars like it's brand spanking new. Hmm. You know, when you get your first car and you're like, oh my God, and you like the car oh, yeah. smelling you. They look at these used cars that someone has said, you know what, I no longer want. They look at it like it's brand new. They wow. get so excited. And it holds so much potential for them. And like you said, mm-hmm. being able to inspire kids to who knows what, just giving them an avenue to dream. Right. Right. Because you're allowing them to see something different. You're allowing them to take them out of the, that little um, circle. And it's not just children, even adults. When they see that there's something else out there, I'm a, um, as I shared with you earlier, I'm from New York. And one thing about New York is we have everything. And it's always ongoing, 24 <laughs> hours. It's a, that a when city I that never sleeps? It, it doesn't. And that's, that's a bad thing for for a lot of New Yorkers because once you get out, there's, there's life outside of New York. <laughs> <laughs> and when I initially left New York to come to Maryland, it, number one, was, I, I was like hitting a brick wall because it was a slower pace. Oh, yeah. But I was, I was able to enjoy parking. I was able to enjoy the slower pace, just slowing down. And that was me as an adult. So imagine a, as a child to come out and see different things in Maryland. Maryland has a rich history. Absolutely. Fort Meade in a harbor has a rich heart. So just to just to see something different, you aspire to something different. Well, I am very grateful that you guys have been doing that for over twenty years now. Yes, over twenty years. Um, yes, over twenty years. So VFC also has uh, education programs. You mentioned a little bit about Full Circle. Can you tell us some yes. about that? Yeah, Full Circle started approximately five years ago. So that's part of the reason that I came down. The young lady that was the donations coordinator ended up going over to be the marketing director for Full Circle. Okay. But um, what Full Circle, the service program does is we take, we invite, take formerly incarcerated men and women and we train them in automotive and they've already a lot of the prisons have automotive training so we do look for them to have some form of background and there are certain backgrounds that we don't allow in the program I'm I'm not necessarily going to share that right now but when we accept them in we train them from books and then to the hands, doing it with their hands, knowing what it looks like. We have been, we have a wonderful instructors and that are able to, guess what, train them and train them beyond the physical. Because a lot of these men and women, some of them have been in jail since the age of 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and to come out, you're a full-grown man physically, at 36, but mentally, imagine a 15-year-old going into a prison system. Their mind is shaped by that. So when we, when we, when we invite them in, we're training them also to how to hold a job. Some of them have never held a job. How to hold a job, how to be there on time. We teach soft skills. 
how to be there on time, how to interact with your coworkers, how to interact with your your bosses, um, how to interact with your family. So it, it's an exciting program because oftentimes when they come in, they, they're walking, they have their head down. You know, a lot of them are very guilty of to find that, that they've wasted their life or whatever they've done to put them in that position. And they come in and they work their butts off learning and just, they always want to be working on a car. We do um, ASCs, they get their certifications. And with the ASCs, the different certifications that they get, they can, um, they can leave to get different jobs. So we place them at dealerships. We we place them at um, repair shops. So the ASCs are called Automotive Service Excellence. So those are different certificates that they'll get in, you know, just in different things. So, um, but just to backtrack a little bit, so we train them just on fixing the cars and so forth. And it's approximately about a four-month program. So once they're hitting that four-month mark, we're looking at placing them. And a lot of our men get placed at dealerships, auto repair shops. And like I said, we don't we don't only have men. We've had maybe about three women come through our program. Just less that have shown interest at this point? Excuse me? Is there just less females that have shown interest at this point? Less women? Yes. That's exactly it. We don't have a lot of females that are interested in getting their hands greasy and their (laughs) hair dirty and going under under a car. Not to say that there are not some women out there, but unfortunately, a lot a lot more men show that interest than women. So, um, and it's always awesome that when they come in, like I said, they're working with their heads down and then to see when they leave, how excited they are to watch them grow and mature. And they'll, they'll talk to you more than you, than you'll talk to them. They're like, Oh my God. <laughs> and some of, some of them have gone on to purchase homes. They've gotten married. They've had children. They and, and they come back. They come back and speak to the newer class that's there. It's got to so, be very rewarding um, for them and for you guys to see that change come about. Oh, you know what? And it's, it is so exciting. And every time they leave, they'll say to me, Miss Simone, I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. I said, no. You know, it's okay if you don't. But you're not. You're not. They say, no, I am. And I'm telling you, Jay, they all say it. And it's a thing too. Sometimes they don't want to leave because they're in a comfortable place. They're Absolutely. in a place where, yeah, where people know their background, and in knowing their background, we still accept them. But they're about to go back into a world where people that know their background or find out their background will not be as forgiving and as kind as we are. It's a very big uh, problem with people uh, getting out of prison to not have a job, not have opportunity, right. and feel that hopelessness of yeah. trying to get something going. Right. And oftentimes they want to stay in the nest because it's comfortable, they grow, and we have to kick them out. Like a mama bird, you're going <laughs> to fly. <laughs> so, um, but when they leave and to watch them fly and flourish and they and they'll say, Oh, I'm coming back and they'll they'll come back faithfully for those maybe about a month or two and then you see less and less of them and it's awesome when you see less and less of them, Jay. Because you know mm-hmm. what that means? That means they've gotten integrated into their life. 
They're, yeah, they're fully in their actual lives. Yes, yes. They don't have the time to stop by because they're working. They're going home to their families. They're, they're taking care. Some of them have gone on to start their own businesses. They're now living the life that was, that in their bad decisions was what was taken from them or they gave it away. But when you see them less and less, it's kind of like, yep, they're doing well. They're in life. That's amazing. You said that Mm -hmm. uh, Full Circle started about five years ago? Yes, yes. Um, It was an idea. But uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to ask what the idea was. How did it come about? Oh, it came about Full Circle. We started also a garage after the same name is called the Full Circle Service Center. And that's open to the public where we can, where we fix cars. So it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say a Jiffy Lou, but it's, it's anyone can come in. You want to get your car fixed, we can bring that in. And our president, Martin Schwartz, said, hey, why don't we also start a program in us, you know, doing the automobile, have those where we could bring in the formerly incarcerated to train them? Because, again, that is such a, like you said, you, they come out of jail and no one wants to hire them. And in not hiring them, they find themselves back on the same road that got them in prison in the first place. All they need is a chance and an opportunity. And what a lot of people don't realize is when they come out on parole, they have to pay for their parole. Oh, yeah. I love it. They have to pay for their parole. So the idea came about that way as we started the um, this garage to also open that up to, to transform the incarcerated man. Because, again, our goal is to give that hand up and not just to families in need of vehicles, just a second chance to everyone. Well, and so one of the, definitely. like you said, the mission is to help end generational poverty. And uh, I believe the prison system and the mass uh, incarceration in our country is at least partially responsible for our current poverty epidemic. And you, you're, you're definitely saying it, Jay. You're definitely saying it. Unfortunately, Baltimore has one of the highest crime rate in this nation. Unfortunately, we're knocking on 300 um, fatalities just this week. And we haven't even ended the year. We're in, what, November, and we're knocking on 300. So again, like you said, the mass incarceration is, is, is partially to blame for that because when they come out, there's no jobs. When the problem that causes a lot of, um, the uh, men and women to go in is again, the, the surroundings, the lack of job, the desperation, the hopelessness causes people to make desperate people make desperate decisions. Trying anything they can to help uh, better their family, and they do it in the worst ways, unfortunately, sometimes. Right. And unfortunately, if you see the wrong example, you're growing up with the wrong example, you think that's the right example. You know, so, uh, yeah, that is is partial. But full circle is, is a star in the crown for vehicles for change because a lot of the men and women are just awesome people. And just to sit and talk to them and not know what they've done in their background. You know, some of them are artistic. 
some sing and just to really get to know them as a person is just so awesome. And again, when you treat a person like a person, they'll act like a person. And they just, they, I'm telling you, they're just awesome men and women. I don't desire to know what they've done. Um, I, I don't because I don't want to see them in that light. Some yeah. have shared, you know, some have shared, but I don't want to have that, that judgment that may come with it. I want to treat them as a coworker that I've just met and we're working together for a common goal. You get to, to know them. Family. Right. As opposed to getting and, to know the worst thing they ever did. Right. And guess what? If we, if someone was to shine a, a camera, I may not have done to the level that they've done, but there's some things I don't want coming in light either. Absolutely. There's some, yeah, and don't let it be in your twenties. You definitely want to put that under lock and key. <laughs> I don't know I what you're talking about. Wants, yeah, yeah, neither. You're right, Jay. I don't either. <laughs> put it under lock and key. <laughs> definitely, yes. So. so, can you tell us a little bit about Freedom Wheels and what uh, that oper- arm of the operation does? Yes, Freedom Wheels. That is our. Um, car sales. So we're open. That's uh, some of the cars that are donated to us that, as I've shared with you, we don't award the luxury vehicles. So those cars that come to us that are luxury vehicles, you're being used so forth with very low mileage. What we do is we put them on our car lot. That's Freedom Wheels. And they're reasonably priced. Unfortunately, we don't do financing, but they're reasonably priced. Kelly Blue Book and so that's open to the public and everything that we do comes back. The money comes back in house. I often let people know that because some donors, they donate their car and they're like, well, I want my car to go to a family. And I now I'll let them know, unfortunately, because it's a BMW or Mercedes, we're going to put it on our retail lot, but that money comes back in house to refurbish the cars that we are able to give to a family. So even though a family, uh, someone is not, physically driving away in that vehicle, the fact that the finances come out back in, you're literally helping to put two to three families in a vehicle. Absolutely. Especially since funding is so hard to come by anyway. Yes. Yes. So the Freedom Wheels is open to the public so they could come in, take a look. Um, And and like I said, it's like a used car lot and just, just drive away with someone's donated car that will come back and help a family. And so Vehicles for Change has so many different aspects. Um, like they like they say on the pig, you, you use the rooter to the tutor. With the, <laughs> with the vehicles that we get, we use the rooter to the tutor. We make sure, because there's some cars we, we're not even, we have to send an auction. And really? even with the cars, yes, sir, the, some of the cars that, you know, a car that has 200,000 miles or, you know, a car that's at 1999, we can't put a family in that. Gotcha. We can't, you know, and some people are like, well, I just drove it yesterday and I'll let them know. I understand, but we all know no matter how great a car is, the older it gets, the higher mileage that it gets, it begins to have problems. And that's just with everybody. And what we don't desire to do is for a family that's already financially challenged to put that on top of there, you know, and I I mentioned that early on in our conversation, you just don't want a a car, problems with a car financially can be such a headache. Oh, yeah. And 
Even a small repair can be four or five hundred dollars, and that's more than most Americans have in cash just to deal with. Right, right. And so um, the cars that we send to auction, the money does come back in house again to fix up the cars that we're able to give to the families when we have to purchase parts pay for labor, things of that nature. That's what those finances go into. So, yeah, Freedom freedom Wheels and just the name alone, Freedom Wheels, because we know what wheels can do. <laughs> it provides a form of freedom. You think about when you were a kid oh, yeah. and you got your first car. I think about even, even being a kid. Bike. And you, oh, I was going to, Jay, you took it right out of my mouth. <laughs> I was going to say your first bike. Oh, my God. When you're a kid and you get your first bike, it's like getting a car. Oh, you just roaming around the neighborhood with your friends and just exploring every nook and cranny you can find? Yes, yes, yes. I would tell you, you took it right out of my mouth. (laughs) It's like getting your bike. You can go wherever. So it's freedom. (laughs) It's freedom for you to go wherever you want, explore, and just, just learn. So that's definitely, so that's, that's freedom will. So, um, the vehicles for change again, we have so much at the end of year getting ready to come out. We have, um, giving Tuesdays is going to begin on December 1st. Mm. So yeah. So giving Tuesday for anyone that's looking to donate monetarily just to help different nonprofit organizations, vehicles for change is definitely an organization to help. Again, we've been around for 20 years. And just to just think about how many families have been helped within those twenty years, and oh. for people to yeah, for people to give back their vehicles for men and women that were formerly incarcerated to to now have full fledged bud lives to turn around and help someone else. That's what vehicle for change is here for. Well, I was going to actually ask uh, how people can best support vehicles for change. You said Giving Tuesdays. Uh, you're doing uh, any end of the year fundraising? Well, it's going to be right now, no end of the year. We kicked it off with the classic cars. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. Any campaign right now is going to be the end of the year campaign where we're going to be our superhero. So we're reaching out to different families. You can you can be a superhero. You can help a superhero. Um, you know, because I know that's, that's the word for this year with our men and women that are essentials, that they're superheroes. But where we do have that campaign out there for everyone that wants to donate to us um, monetarily, that wants to give a vehicle to let them know, I guess, but you could do that also. And this, it just help us to hit our goal. And what that goal is going to do is to help families, especially during this time, to, um, to, to get to better jobs, better places, healthcare. Is the best way to reach out via the website at this point? Oh, we, yes, we definitely invite people to go to the website, check us out, check out Vehicles to Change, check out Full Circle, so you can definitely reach out to us via the website, vehiclesforchange.org. So that's vehiclesforchange.org. And I'll make sure to leave a link in the uh, notes for the episode as well. Yes, great. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. And um, you were talking about, you know, the troubles this year. Um I'm guessing they're mostly COVID related, but what's the biggest challenge you guys have had to overcome this year? Yeah, well, you're going to say it definitely um, is the COVID. And I think that's for everyone because we hit a 
portion, one of the qualifications to receive a vehicle is to, you have to be working. Mm. With all that unemployment that uh, popped up, that's going to be a big (laughs) hardship right now. Yes. So it's a thing of, um, we do have a lot of people, unfortunately, that have lost their jobs because we had a lot of people that were qualified. We had the vehicles. And then as COVID began to hit so early on, I mean, it snowballed so quickly Mm. that a lot of those that were qualified no longer were qualified. And then also with people with their vehicles, some people were holding on to their vehicles when they initially were going to let it go because everyone was just so uncertain on what was going to happen next. And the last thing you want to do is, you know, some people were going to donate their car because they were going to purchase a new car. Well, yeah. that was put on hold of purchasing a new car and holding on to the old one because they didn't know if I would be able to, you know, if they would be able to purchase a new vehicle. I thought I was going to so buy a we, new car this year and I'm still driving mine. Yeah, yeah, because some people don't want to pick up a car note because you don't know what the end of the year is going to bring. Um, some people didn't want to pick up the expenses. Because even mm-hmm. if they paid the car off full, a lot of people don't realize, yeah, you could pay the car off full, but you still have those expenses of fixing it. Oh, yeah. So, I, yeah, that's the, the uncertainty. So that was our biggest obstacle was still being in a place of wanting to help, having the vehicles. But how can we help when the portion of the qualification is to have a job, you know, and you know, sometimes people will say, well, it's a catch-22. I can't get the job without the vehicle. And I often share, you know, I've, I've been in a space where I didn't have a job. But when you have to pay for gas, when you have to pay for insurance, when you have to pay for that's not something you want on your neck when you don't have a job. It, it, it really isn't. So um, that was definitely an obstacle that we hit. It's, it's starting to get a lot better now with the donation of vehicles and, and the family. So it's getting a lot, it's getting a lot better. Thank you, Jesus. But I think with, yeah, with that being the case, um, we still, we're still seeing those obstacles because a lot of people have not, some people that the unemployment rate is still fairly high. Well, and so we're seeing, that we've I think we had, we got mm-hmm. over a million cases of COVID in the last uh, six days. And mm-hmm. we're we're very unsure of what's going to happen this holiday season. So I'm guessing that everybody is still on that that border fence, deciding what to do, and unsure when the uh, the vaccines are going mm-hmm. to arrive, whether they're going to be safe, mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. we get back to normal. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, again when it just seemed like everything was starting to pick back up. Like you just mentioned, we have a flare up, which means we're going to have to roll back down. And so people that that didn't have to close down that first wave may not be able to survive a second wave. Oh, yeah. The small businesses you know? alone are, I can't oh, imagine how yeah. many are going to be out of business by the time this all ends. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I'm just so grateful that, that Vehicles for Change has been able to has been able to to survive and has been able to still help families and even um still help employees, you know, because that's one of the things about my boss he's really concerned about is because it's not just, yeah, he definitely wants to help the families, but he's so concerned about 
the men also because that's in the full circle program because they get a stipend. But when we get, when they're not able to work, they don't get paid, which in turn affects their families. Yeah. So we're, we're concerned about our external families and our internal families. Well, you guys are helping quite a few people. So I can imagine that, uh, seeming like a burden, but also such a benefit to those families you are helping. Oh, definitely. Again, and just to see our internal families just pitch in, come, you know, again, when this initially started, it was a certain amount of people could be in a space. And so we had to send some people had to work from home Again, the, the full circle program, that definitely had to slow down for a minute because there's a certain amount of men we can have in the program at a time. So that that really was a hard time for us just to, to go through and then to see it start to build back up, to see it start to roll back. It's it's affecting everyone. It's affecting everyone. So, but, um, yeah. Is there uh, something you wish you had known 10 years ago that would help you out where you're at today? Mm, 10 years ago. Uh, <laughs> ooh, Been that, a long change, a, I know, right? I know. I had to count back to see where was I at that time. Again, that was when I'm um, close to when I got laid off. Really? And I, I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying to think back, yeah. Um, I had gotten laid off because I was, I was, uh, I, I can't even remember what, what my position at the time was, <laughs> public relations manager at a, at a television station. Okay. And to get laid off, I think one of the things that I would have, um, I would have done differently is prepared differently. When I say prepared prepare for hard things to come. I think when you're in a space of everything flowing, you know, everything's just flowing and going well, you don't necessarily prepare like you should. Is there a way you and would uh, like to prepare or feel more prepared? I would have liked financially. I think I would have prepared better financially. But again, I was younger, you know. We all when make you're financial younger. mistakes in our 20s. And I, w- I would like to believe I, w- I wasn't in my 20s 10 years ago. So. Yeah. But, yeah, so... 30s too, I mean, come on. Yeah, but I think financially, and then to also mentally be more prepared to realize I'm not my job. I think a lot mm. of people get caught up in thinking that they're your job, and then to realize things happen. Again, a lot of people lost their jobs during COVID. I lost my job during the whole economic downturn, and a lot of people did. Uh, people working in higher positions than myself and just to realize and just say to myself that you're not your job. You're not your job. You'll be okay. You know, it'll turn around and things will get better. So I I think that's one of the things I I wish I knew then that I know now. Well, this is, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Hopefully I answered the question correctly. I'm trying to remember I have it in the right order. No, you're totally (laughs) fine. Um, this is actually something I normally ask. We're getting a little bit farther into the interview. I have a segment I like to call the moment of vulnerability. So I start asking things that are a little personal. So I understand okay. uh, if it you know doesn't come, if you don't want to answer any of them or anything. But I was 
that led I'm intrigued, into, Jay. I'm intrigued. <laughs> well, that led me to the, uh, I wanted to know the proudest moment you've had uh, in your life and then also from your job since they're going to be different. Oh, that is very good. My proudest moment in my, uh, I would have to say my faith. I, in, I, in my 20s, I, I can, like a lot of people in their 20s, you know, I got my degree, I got my master's, and you just think life is is beautiful. And then 9-11 hit. Mm. 9-11 hit. And again, being from New York, that was very hard because I wasn't in New York at the time. I was in Baltimore. But still, and the amount of people you knew there, I'm sure it was devastating. My family. I was concerned. I could, you know, you're calling. You couldn't get through in New York. You're calling. The phones were down. It was, I, it's a feeling I never, ever want to feel again because I literally could have lost my whole entire family because I was the only one not living in New York at the time. And after 9-11, and I went through, I had just had a very bad breakup. And I was like, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more to life than this. And it, I gave my life to Christ. So I got to say, that's that's the proudest moment because things in my mindset and everything is just totally different after that moment that I made that change in my life. Um, Very few people proudest, can actually trace it to a single moment that... Uh, made that big of an impact. That's pretty impressive. It, it is because if it, like now, 9-11 had so many people walking around hopeless. Like I had to sleep in my living room for maybe about a couple of months because I just couldn't sleep in my room. It was too dark. And I just didn't know, like, what am I going to do? What comes next? Like, what? It was just such a hopeless time like now. So many people feel so hopeless by this. And it's it's not the end. It's not the end. We have to realize that. And so that's what that's definitely what gave me life. That's what gives me life now to realize I'm I'm not gonna get swept up in COVID, you know. I'm gonna still continue to live my life, love my people, love those that love me, help those that need help. You know, it's you just you got to keep living until you can't live anymore and then you know, we ain't got no choice, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Nobody got a choice. Oh so, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but my proudest moment at work, that's that's a that's a good question. Um I don't know if I have one particular moment at work where I could say it's my proudest moment. I think I absolutely love what we do as Able to Change. There are some days I'm pulling my hair out, Jay. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I think, you know, and I, I believe everyone feels that as a job. But at the end of the day, when you know, when I see a family walking away with a car, when I see a woman crying, because this used car means so much to her. Or when I see some of the, the, the guys come back from the full circle program and they have a home, they have their own business, they get married, they bring their babies, they bring in their babies to an area that they feel changed their life. They're bringing babies, you know, they're showing off their things. They're showing them off because that is such a, they want to 
bring them back to a foundation that changed their life. They want to show off to us. I mean, to me, I'm like, who am I? I mean, but they want to come back and, and say, Miss Simone, look at me. Look what I'm doing. Are you proud of me? I'm like, of course I'm proud. I was proud of you when you were here. But to know that I've made that much of an impact on someone's life, that when they when they get a certificate, they run back to the job to show us their latest accomplishment. They literally come back to the job. I, I'm sorry, Jay. I don't know if I'd go no. back to my past job. <laughs> I, say, yeah, hey, there yeah. are very few people I've worked for that I would want to show back up and you know <laughs> show them that. So that means you're making a big impact. Yeah, to go, hey, look, I bought a house. I mean, they all do it. They, they, they'll bring their babies. They'll show, They'll bring their cars. Look, look at my new car. They'll take pictures. They'll want us to take pictures with it. They'll let us know. What, I mean, it's just awesome. So I can't say that I've had like a proud moment. It's just so many small moments that are just so beautiful for me as Vehicles for Change. When we as a as a team come together as a family, so with the classic cars event, I mean, we all pitched in, Jay. It was, it wasn't, this is my title, this is my position. No, whatever you need. Sounds like you a need, lot of crowd moments. Yeah, so it, to say that I've had one after the five years, no, it's it's been a lot of small moments where you're like, okay, I guess I'll show back up on Monday. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess I'll do it one more time, one more day, you know, so... You know, so yeah, not one particular, but I am, I'm very proud of Vehicles for Change and a lot that we've accomplished. Yes, I do. So what, uh, what motivates you in this life to keep coming back and doing these things every day? Ah, that's a good, I'm, I'm a, I like to help people. So I, I think my motivation is definitely being a blessing to someone. So and they don't even need to know it. I, I like to do stuff where people don't know that I've done something for them. You don't really even need the, the recognition. You just like to no. see the improvement in their lives. And I like to see their faces and just to you know. And, and I think it's it's beautiful when someone doesn't know that you've done something for them because they'll wonder who is it that loves me like that. Who's and it just and just the fact that they know that someone out there does because sometimes if 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 they know I've done it or someone else. They're like, oh, well, you're supposed to do that. Or you're only <laughs> doing that because, you, you understand? Yeah, absolutely. But when they, don't, when they don't know who's done it, they begin to run down a list in their minds of people that love them. And sometimes we forget that. We forget the people in our lives that love us and appreciate it. And I'm not talking, I, I don't concern myself with people that don't love me. I, I try to love those. I focus on those that love me and like me. Those I that don't, I have amazing. a Yeah, I have, I have a lot, a long list of people that don't like me and they're going to continue not. <laughs> but I focus on those that love me and like me because I want to pour out on them. And then when you don't, and they run out of listening in mind who that person could be, they start to remember there's more than one person that actually loves them and like them. I think that's one of the uh, hardest things I learned growing up. As I got older, it's, you've had these friends your whole life, but they're not necessarily the ones that are caring for Mm -hmm. you or giving back to you the Mm -hmm. same way. So finding those Mm -hmm. ones who actually love you and are putting in that effort means so much more. Mm -hmm. And as we get older, Jay, we start to realize that too. 
is one thing when you're younger and you, you got the, um, it's always about the quantity. Mm-hmm. But as we get older, it's a, it's a definitely about the quality. I saw a saying that says it's better to have four quarters than a hundred pennies. And it, it's, it's, that's because you start to realize the quality. I'd rather have four quality friends, people that, that would tell me when I'm wrong. Yeah. That tell me when I'm, that tell me when I'm being funky that we can argue with. We, we don't speak for a day and then they come back and we act like, you know, we're able to, because they've told me the truth. You mean As you're not trying to, to win that popularity contest anymore? No. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think at a certain age, if you're still trying to win, win popularity contests or sit at the popular table, you, you, you need to see a therapist because at this point. I won't mention really, anything about our president. <laughs> I think we all just need to all grow up. So yeah. definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. But. So is there anything that still scares you in life? Um, that's, I, I think people, everyone has fear. I think one of my fear has been or has always been for a long time is failure. And I don't, I don't like to make mistakes or fail. But what's different about that fear is I know how to face it now. I know to understand everyone makes mistakes. Everyone fails, and it's about learning from your failure and getting and picking yourself up from your failure. So, so is it just I, that uh, self-talk that helps you overcome it, or do you have any other secrets? No, I, again, it would be my faith. It would be like, mm. yes, but you know, my Lord, the Lord got me. I can, I can make it through, and the understanding, it's a maturity also. It's a maturity to understand that. Guess what? Everyone makes mistakes. I'm not my mistake. I'm not my job. I'm I'm not those things. Everyone makes mistakes. What what are you going to do when you make the mistake? Integrity. Own up to the mistake. Clean up the mistake, and solve the mistake. <laughs> try not to repeat the same mistakes all the time. Oh, and try not to repeat the mistake. Yes, and that comes from learning from it. Okay, where did I mess up? You know, and and sometimes people make the same mistakes out of pride. Because they want, they don't want to admit that they were the problem or the reason for the mistake. And just to get over yourself. Guess what? Everybody makes mistakes. Just say sorry. Let's move on. Let's do this. <laughs> so I think that it, that's my biggest. That's one of my biggest fears. Well, since we're talking about mistakes, um, what do you consider your biggest failure, and what did you learn from it? Mm. I think my biggest failure was. Um, when I, and I'm sure once I get off the phone with you, I'll think about so many other things. Oh, we but, have so many that we all think of as failures as we grow up. Yeah. I, I, one of my biggest failures was, um, see, now that I'm talking about it, I think about it, but I'll say I, I, I used to play flute when I was a kid. Okay. And I absolutely loved it. I was really good and whatever. And when I started high school, I started high school in a new state. I started high school in the state and I was so scared and uh, someone said one person, I still remember this conversation and I can't even remember who it was. It was somebody that was probably not even a friend said, Oh, the band is corny. That's what they said. And from, and I, and because they said the band was corny, I didn't join the band and I always regret it uh. because I loved, I absolutely loved the flute. I think my other biggest mistake was I got the job as the, 
public relations manager. And I didn't, I didn't fully believe that I belonged there. That I sabotaged myself. The imposter and syndrome kind of it, thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was only there for about nine months. I ended up getting let go, um, partially because of the, um, the, the downturn. But I think it's because I, I sabotaged myself. I, didn't, I let a lot of people intimidate me. I let a lot of people um, talk negative seeds into me. And I think when you already feel insecure about your abilities and your strength, that, you, that I latched onto it. And I didn't move like I knew. I didn't move like I should have. I didn't allow myself to grow. I was so busy trying to prove to people that I belong there that I just, I made an absolute mess. I made a, I, I, I made a mess. I can't even say that I didn't. I made a mess. What did you learn from it, though? What, I learned not to, oh, definitely, that not to let people plant seeds. And I often say that, and I I call it out right away. I call it out on people right away. Because what happens is we, when we already have a certain doubt in us and someone tries, and sometimes people don't even mean it. They really don't. Some people are like, well, are you sure you can do that? And I say to them, don't do that. I'm not going to accept that seed because why would you put that doubt in me? And I, and I call it out because I don't, I know what those little words can do. They can take root. And a lot of times people don't even realize that those things are taking root, you know? Yeah. And I did, I, and because I, I've, I've done that a good portion of my life, that imp- I love it, that imposter syndrome, I get to a space and I'm like, oh man, I don't have that. I don't know this. I don't remember this. I don't, and I, I got to say, nope. Just Google is there. Google is our friend. <laughs> if I need to Google something, or even myself, don't don't procrastinate. I'm a big procrastinator. That's because I'm a perfectionist. I, so know I have the to feeling. get out of my yeah. I have to get out of my head and don't procrastinate because guess what? It's not going to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Do my research. Um, and so I, I I've definitely learned to just just keep pushing. Don't don't listen to outside doubt or inside doubt. Just, you know, just everybody learns. And I had someone say before, the president has never been the president before. You yeah. know, every position, every position someone starts in, they've never been that position before. So we're all learning. You can't look and say, oh, man, I'll no, we've all started somewhere. So I, I, that's what I, I've learned, not to let, let things take root in me, not to, not to be that, not to accept it, call it out right away. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's, uh, I think, a very good lesson to be learned. Yes, definitely. So how would you like to be remembered when all is said and done? Oh. Um, definitely as a woman of God, somebody that was a blessing to others, someone that um, saw the best in others, someone that called out the best in others, that's that's how I desire to be remembered. That's, that's how a, I desire to be remembered. Mm-hmm. That's a very good thing to strive for. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like in this day and age, people blame 
everything that's going on right now said, oh, it's brought out the ugliness in this person. And I say to myself, no, it hasn't. That's who that person or that's what was in that person. So no one can bring out hate in me if I don't have hate in me. No one can bring out certain things. And I granted, like I said, desperate people do desperate things. Mm-hmm. So if it's someone out there trying to feed their family, they, I get that. But if hate was never in me, no person can bring out hate in me. I don't, you know, the situation go. it can't, a situation can't bring out something that's not there. So I, I don't blame a person. I don't blame a thing for the way people act. I, I saw this one saying too, money brings out who a person really was. Because mm. now when a person has that money, they can afford to be the jerk or the person that they really were or they really are. Yeah, they can. Because now they have the money. Yeah, they can either stop worrying about uh, people and help out, mm-hmm. or they can start mm-hmm. stop worrying about people and hurt them instead. <laughs> right, right. So I think what's in you is gonna come out. No, and it just needs the it just needs that right or wrong situation. to bring it out. So that's why I said I'd rather bring out the good in someone. Oh, definitely. I, uh, definitely think you've put that into your job. So that's an impressive thing. Oh, great way to bring that back. <laughs> great way, look, yeah, that's why you're the interviewer. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> do you have a any personal philosophy on life? Any way you like to try and live? Oh, no. That's it. I, I, I don't think I, I do have a, a personal philosophy. It's, I, I, I think one thing I would love, don't don't be mindful of people. Don't care what other people think. I'm, I've absolutely grown, and and that's one thing I love about getting older. As you get older, you don't care as much. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't care as much as what people think because you start to realize it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. No. So my philosophy is, is definitely I'm just look what the Lord thinks about me. I don't care what people think about me. I don't think I don't care what people. You know, I, I'll I'll do what I need to do. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm not out there to hurt anyone. Definitely, no. I'm not going to do anything that's going to cause harm. But I as a woman of faith, concerned. I'm assuming that you're mm-hmm. doing just like your faith says. You've actually bought into the do unto others that's in every faith. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely do unto others, and you know, and and even and I've learned too. Even if someone doesn't do me right. That doesn't mean I have to do them wrong, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't have to do someone. I know. I know how to distance myself. I know how to protect myself. But at the same time, I'm not going to do you wrong because you've done me wrong. Mm-mm. I've been told, you know, to love my enemies. Yeah, and I do that. I I could do it from a distance, but I love my enemies. <laughs> it may not be the easiest aspect of life, but you can still oh, do no. it. That's the thing about it. Like, hey, no, it's not going to be easy. And I, that's, I think the problem, too, is a lot of people look for stuff to be easy. It's not going to be easy. What are you going to do? You can't, can't stop doing it. You got to do it, even if it's not easy. And you'd be surprised when you get to the other end. You'd be like, wow, oh, I did it. And you'd be so proud that you got to the other end and you did it. You well, know? I, uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely feel that. Is there anything that I should have asked you, but I didn't think to do so? 
Uh, no, you didn't. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to learn more about Vehicles for Change. It's an awesome organization. We are looking to expand. We're preparing to expand into um, PG County in Maryland and also in Salisbury in Maryland. So we're growing. Uh, so we definitely at some point would love to go national, head out west and so forth. Um, we, unfortunately, we were in Detroit for a moment, but unfortunately, um, due to COVID and other things, we had to close that down. But no, definitely just we do plan to grow. And I thank you for taking the time to, to talk to me to, to learn more about Vehicles for Change. I enjoyed this conversation very much, Jay. I really did. Thank you, Simone. I really did, too. Any last words or personal shout outs you want to share? Um. I just want to say shout out to my family at Vehicles for Change. Uh, you know, it's, we got each other's back. <laughs> we definitely do. We definitely want to. So I just want to do that. Um, so, no, that was it. That well, was thank it. you so much for joining us. I've really appreciated it. And uh, I had a great conversation. I did too, Jay, and I definitely um, will will listen on to you and pass this on, and um, I'll send you the link to the classic card. I would love for you to take a look and then sit back and enjoy it. I'd love that. Thank you again, and you have a great day. You do the same. You do the same. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. I want to give a special thanks to our listeners. You are the reason I'm doing this. Please tell your friends about us and subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I know that every podcast says it, but it does really help spread visibility. You can also support us on Patreon or connect with us on the social media of your choice. We are at Awakened Exchanges on Facebook and Instagram and at Awaken Exchanges on Twitter. Thanks again, and have a blessed day.